sermon series that we started a couple of weeks before Serious by Name Growth. And last week, in fact, not last week, three weeks before, I guess, three weeks before we spoke about the fifth life cycle stage of planned growth called flower. So we consider, as we see that in the screen, we consider the six, six different life planned life cycle stages as our guide to guide us and take us through this sermon. And thank God we are coming to an end. And number one stage is known as germination. Number two, seedlings. Number three, leafy growth. Number four, budding. Number five, flower or flowering. Number six, harvest. And today we are going to talk about harvest as each life cycle stage represent certain maturity level of the plant it also represents certain maturity level in our spiritual life. Staying in one, one maturity level doesn't show growth. It doesn't, you know, uh, promise growth. So God doesn't want us to stay in one level. God wants us to grow further in our life, in our spiritual walk with the Lord. So making use of all the available resources, the plant grows to from one stage to the other stage so that eventually the plant can be of some help to somebody. So today we are going to talk about the sixth life cycle stage called harvest. Can you all say harvest? harvest. So this morning I would like to title my sermon as growth harvest. Harvest is the final stage of plant growth cycle. The harvest stage is nothing but basically the collection of the plants produced. The collection of the matured plant plants yield that simply means the plant's part parts are ready for usage the fruits the vegetables and some plants even the stem and grain and flowers depending on what type of plant that is you know different parts of the plants can be used when the plant is mature enough so depending on the type of the crop, you know, each section of the plant is used. Now if you can go to the next slide quickly, if germination is all about, out loud, germination is all about, Amen. still louder, germination is all about, Amen. seedling is all about, Amen. leafy growth is all about, Amen. budding is all about, Amen. flower is all about, Amen. harvest is all about contribution, can you say contribution? The flower, the, sorry, the plant is in the right stage, it is ready to contribute. Plants, as I said, plants, fruits and seeds are ready for collection. In a spiritual growth, when we reach a maturity level in our spiritual growth, you know, we start contributing. You know, basically we all want to give back to the community. We all want to give back to people who do not know Christ. We want to give it back to people who are not yet walking in this life that we walk with the Lord. You know, there are times in our lives, God takes us to a different maturity level and God wants us to be useful for somebody. God wants us to make meaningful impact in the lives of people around us. If you remember, until now the plant was taking all the nourishment, right, from germination, seedling, and leafy growth, and budding and flowering, and the plant was taking all the resources. You know, you see some of the trees that we planted at the front of our, in our front yard, our backyard. I don't believe the roots will go meters together to find nourishment, to find source, 
of uh, you know strength, source of nourishment, source of energy, water, and all these resources. The plant will shoot out its uh, roots to different places, collecting all the possible resources. You know that's how anyone can grow. You know, if we need to grow in the word of God, we need to collect all the resources. We need to collect, you know, I see some of you are sitting with your notebook and sitting with your Bible, make, you know, underlining and taking notes. Because why? You want to grow. Hope you open the notebook sometime, right? At least next week, Sunday morning, you open it. Thank God. So you take notes, you study. And you meditate on the word of God. That's how anyone can grow. So until now the plant took all the nourishment, now it is ready to give back. The culmination is coming to an end right now so that the plant is maturing to attain harvest. Can you say harvest again? So mature stage of the plant life cycle growth is we are talking about. So this is how I would like to define harvest if you have that in the screen. I think we don't. This is how I want to define harvest. Harvest is obtaining a state of maturity. Can you say state of maturity? When the plant makes contribution and produce offering. There are three things we are going to talk about this morning. Number one is reaching a state of maturity. Number two, plant making a contribution. And number three, the plant producing offsprings. Number one, a state of maturity. We all attain a state of maturity if you keenly follow Christ Jesus. That maturity doesn't come in one or two days. It takes years together to mature in Christ. You know, even sometimes we think that we are matured, but when situation arises, we behave so silly. We behave so childish. We behave so childish. And we worry about, we think about, think bad about ourselves. You know, where is our spiritual maturity? We think that, you know, we walk with the Lord for so many years. Where is our spiritual maturity? You know, I have seen young, young, young boys and girls, you know, when they come to church, or, you know, sometimes we are saved from non-Christian background, and we come to church, and we are with full enthusiasm, and they see them coming and telling, Pastor, we should do this, we should do that, we should stop doing this. And we should do this way. We should arrange the stage in a different way. We should make changes to the square people. They are not doing good. No, we are doing good. Right? So we should bring some changes. Right? We should add this instrument. That. So many changes. So many suggestions. Pastor, we need to remove this curtain, that curtain, and remove this background, that background. And I listen to all these things, and I won't say anything. And finally, they come to a conclusion that this pastor is deaf. He doesn't speak. He doesn't respond, he doesn't react to any of those things. The reason why I don't do is, because I know you said tell all these things and you won't do anything. And if I agree to do everything, then you know, during the weekend I need to stay here and do it on myself. You're talking about spiritual maturity. Sometimes we ask, sister, what happened? I'm not seeing you at the church nowadays. And she says, Pastor, I'm so, it's so difficult for me, I'm not coming. Why? The word of God is too strong, I can't handle it. It's hurting. I say, sister, that simply means that you're growing. And that sister is in this church today, thank God. And I see, brother, where you are, I don't see you on Sundays, few Sundays. Pastor, I'm busy with my work shift, day shift, night shift, and I don't have time to sleep, and I don't 
After a few days, I asked, check with them, where is your fiat processed? Permanent residency process. Pastor, they process fiat for everybody else and except me. I need prayer. Can I come to church? Yes, you come to church. And we'll pray for you. We'll pray for you. Talking about spiritual maturity. You know, when we mature in Christ, we follow him no matter what it takes. Amen? When we mature in Christ, we will not complain about what we don't have in life. We are always thankful to God for what we have in life. Amen? That doesn't mean that, you know, you need to be always hold on to what we have. You need to grow. You need to expand. You need to multiply. You need to increase. You need to move to a different job. Don't stay in the job, same job for, year, for more than four years. Don't stay in the same job for more than four years. Move to the next job. You have higher potential and make use of your potential to find out what is suitable for you with your experience. You are not paid well by your current employer. Find out a different opportunity. Do not stay. Plants that are mature, even though when the growth is stopped, they still mature. They still make sure that they yield. They give out the harvest. They produce what is required to be given out. Or they sometimes, you know, even though they are dying, they make sure that still they give out what they are made for. The life of a child of God should be that. Even if you are dying, still try to produce something. Still try to bless somebody so that, you know, the purpose for which you are created on the face of this earth is fulfilled. You won't go to your graves without fulfilling the purpose for which you are assigned on the face of this earth. Signs of spiritual maturity, I've just listed a couple of them that may help you. Signs of spiritual maturity, this is not a complete list at all. If someone is spiritually maturing, that simply means he or she has a deep thirst to acquire knowledge on the word of God. A deep desire, deep hunger about knowing God, about knowing more about God. A passion, there is a passion on what we do for what we do. Everything we do passionately. You know, I see some of the people, some of our believers who have come from non-Christian background. You know, the passion they carry in their lives, it's tremendous, it is amazing. I don't have that passion. I don't have that passion at times. I feel tired, I feel sick. But I see people who have come from non-Christian background, they make us, you know, running. They are the kind of engine, they are the kind of fuel. They provide fuel to the entire scenario and keep us running. So we keep running, we keep running. Deep desire and passion to do what we do. It can be standing in the entrance and greeting people. It could be coming during the weekend, weekdays and cleaning the church. It could be anything. Let's try to do things passionately. You know, that shows our maturity. We develop a relationship with God in prayer. By the way, prayer is not just closing your closet and sitting inside for half an hour or 45 minutes. That not necessarily be a prayer. Prayer is every time. You can pray when you are traveling the bus. Those who take transit, you have enough time to pray. You, those who drive, you have enough time to pray. We can pray anytime. It's a communication with God. We can communicate even in your work time. Even while working, you can, even while talking to somebody, you can still communicate with your God. Prayer is, if prayer becomes part of our life, prayer becomes in our day-to-day -day activity in our lives, we are moving towards maturity, walking in love, as far as possible, trying to, trying to be peaceful with people, 
Try to walk with the love. Try to show the love of Christ. Character transformation, that simply means that we need to grow in our character. We cannot still have the same character that we used to have. We need to change. There has to be a change. There has to be a transformation. There has to be something becoming better in our lives every day and in and out. Spiritual discernment. Not just running behind everything that looks attractive. Not hopping from one church to the other church. Just sticking on to one place. Because every church we have people. Every church we have problem. We don't, we don't have a church run by angels in Halifax. Every church is run by pastors like me. Just sticking on to some fellowship, whichever church it may be. I'm not saying that you don't come to this church. You know, you come to this church with a conscious decision. I speak to some people. You know, when people come to this church, I speak to them. Why are you coming here? What made you to come here? Did you tell your pastor? Did you take permission? I remember I asked people to get letters from the previous church. Pastor, come with the letter, otherwise we will not take you. Otherwise I can't have you in the membership. And the pastor used to write a letter to me, saying that, okay, I'm releasing her, I'm releasing him from this congregation. It had happened in the past. Sticking on to something that we believe, that God has called us to believe, called us to do. Spiritual discernment, developing patience and serving in love. You know, these are some of the signs of spiritual maturity as we grow from germination to harvest now. I believe our spiritual life is also growing in that way, showing all these things. How many of you see changes in your house when we, since we started growth series? Anybody see changes in your house? Can I see your hands? One, two, three, four. Thank God. We want to see changes, otherwise it's a waste of time. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, beautiful scriptures written by Paul to the church in Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 16. 11, can you read together? And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors, and some teachers to mature us in God. Verse 13, till we all come to the unity, verse 13, of the faith and of the, read with me. Of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ was 14 what help me without help me going without break what we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunningness and craftiness of the deceitful plotting was written but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ verse 16 from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. How important it is for us to be together, united together, joined together, because one joint supplies to the other joint. Every joint supplies. As a family, as a member of the church, we want you to join together. That's a sign of maturity. You know, many times people moving out of come, coming from different churches, you know, they used to tell me, I don't see that fellowship in this church yet. Even I say, I don't even see that fellowship in this church yet. How many of you call each other during the day and inquire about others? Don't call us, don't call us. You know, thank God you are calling and inquiring. Call others, each other, and inquire about them. What is happening in their lives? 
Sunday they share a testimony with a heavy burden, share a prayer need with a heavy burden. Do we check with them during the day what is going on in your life? It's not only my responsibility, it's all of your responsibility. That's why you're all in the most of you are in the group, so that you have other, each other's number, contact details with you. Check with them because one joint supplies to the other joint. If you are not there, I am broken. If you are not supporting, you are not helping, we are broken. There's a broken relationship in the inside the church is what we see. But word of God says, Paul says, we all need to be knit together. We all need to be joined together. Do you know all the names of the people who are coming to this church? No. Why? I mean, I'm not good at remembering names. I even come and stand in front of people and just talk to them for five minutes still thinking about what is their name. Because I forgot name. I'm ashamed to ask them again, multiple times. Let's write it down. Do you have a list of people who come, who come to church, who worship with you? Do you know their name? Coming weeks, I'm going to ask names of people in the church. Better learn. Yeah, it's tough, right? Better learn. Better learn. Or ask me. Or ask Jai. Or ask any of the volunteers. How can we develop spiritual maturity? Number one, by studying and meditating. Next slide. Studying and meditating, praying, obeying to the word of God. See, obedience is not to be shown outside as obedience. Obedience is most of the time, obedience has to happen inside. It's a communication between you and God. God, you are reminding me multiple times not to do this over and over again. I will obey. God, you are reminding me not to be harsh on somebody many times, Lord. I will obey. You know, it's make relationship with God and make commitments to God, make covenant with God. Take time to self, do self-examination. It's very important. It's very important in our Christian life. We need to analyze ourselves. Where do we stand in the mission of God, in the scale that God has kept us, the maturity scale that God has kept us? Kept. Where do we stand in that scale? Where are we? Most of the time, something that works against your maturity is not our external behavior, but our behavior inside and God wants us to set those things right. Make ourselves accountable. Make ourselves accountable with your church members, with your fellow believers, with your pastors. I'm trying to make myself accountable at least with the board. You know, there, there, is a, different, there are different ways to make ourselves accountable in the kingdom of God. And that's how we can mature. That's the step that helps us to mature. Engage in community. Don't, just, don't isolate. Just engage in the community. Actually, at least in the church community. Just go around and meet everybody, greet everybody, and go out and meet people also. Go out and meet people. You know, these are the things that will help us to mature. And we are, we should be willing to face challenges. We should be willing to face challenges. We should be with those who struggle. Do not be afraid. Do not hesitate to identify yourself with people who are going through difficult times with people who are oppressed, with people who are having sick time, try to be, try to identify yourself with them. Do not worry, do not be afraid. You know, that's the reason we want to just embrace this family with us. We are not afraid. We are not worried about, you know, keeping them whether that will cause any issues. Forget it, that's the secondary thing to worry about it. First of all, they need help, they need support. We only need to get there. We need to get there, we need to get there to help people. We still should start mentoring others. At least you need to have one mentee in your life. Who is your mentee? You need to work with somebody else in your life. It may be your friend, it may not be your friend. Pick somebody from the church. 
and try to help them, try to help them, try to mentor them in different ways. Signs of maturity, when a plant grows to the mature level, it will start, start showing the signs of its maturity. Have you seen cotton plant? When it matures, it breaks open and you see that seeds spreading out everywhere. You know, that's a sign of maturity. Number two, harvest simply means a stage of maturity and also it's a time that plant makes contribution. Plants were sucking out energy and resources until now. Now they are ready to contribute. Now they are ready to contribute. You know, when we reach a position, a set status in our lives, when you are matured enough, we try to contribute, we start contributing. <coughs> if we don't contribute, that simply means you are either selfish or you don't have anything to contribute. And God wants us to make contributions in our lives. What can we give to people, those who do not have? You know, growth is important. It's very important to acquire energy to give because you cannot give what you don't have. We cannot give what we don't have. It's very important to give out. So in order to give out, you need to acquire. You know, if, if, I, if I'm not preparing myself to speak, to share the word of God, if I don't have enough knowledge on that, I cannot share the word of God. The same thing is applicable to you. Are you ready to share your testimony? Two minutes testimony, three minutes testimony, five minutes testimony. Do, do you, are you, have you prepared your testimony? I, I told a couple of you actually. Prepare your testimony. Prepare your testimony. Work on your testimony. Work on your story because that is very powerful. Now we sit in the church all along and we receive. We receive like a plan. But there is a time that you should start giving out. As plant has a life cycle, every believer has a life cycle, a spiritual life cycle. And if we don't give out in that time, you know, see, all the disciples, how many months, I don't know, a few months, sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening. And when it comes to Luke, uh, Matthew chapter 10, Jesus started preparing the 12 disciples. You remember the story? Jesus called them, it's enough. Come, come on, let's go, let's do something. We have been preaching, we have been sharing, and now let's do something in practical, right? So he started preparing disciples. Only after a few months of training with Jesus, and this is what he says in Matthew 10, 7 to 8. Can you read with me? And that's what Jesus is telling us this morning. Matthew 10, 7 to 8. And scripture. You don't have? Very good. Matthew 10, 7 to 8. I mean, I only prepared that. So it's not their problem, it's my problem. Matthew 10, 7 to 8. Let me read for you. And as you go. This is what Jesus said, only after a few months of training, how many months you are sitting in this church? This is what Jesus said, and as you go, preach. First thing, what you should do? Preach. Are you ready to preach? Are you ready to preach? Not only Daniel should preach when I am away, you all can preach. You all can preach. Come and tell me, Pastor, I am ready to preach. So we will give you 10 minutes time to preach on Sunday morning. Any preacher should know how to preach 10 minutes, how to preach 20 minutes, how to preach 30 minutes, and how to preach 45 minutes. We need to reduce our content accordingly and prepare. So this is what Jesus said, you preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The message is very simple. You don't need to be tough. You don't need to be, you know, make it so complex. It is very simple. What is the message? The kingdom of God is, kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
And verse 8. Keep, can you keep reading? Okay, that's will Heal the sick. What you should do? After six months of training, what you should do? Start your healing ministry. Heal the sick. Cleanse the leper. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. You all received enough, I believe. You all have enough, I believe. Some of you have more knowledge than me, I'm sure, in the word of God. But what you should do is start doing, number one? Preach. Number one is preach. What is it? Preach. And second one? Heal the sick. Third one? Cleanse the leper. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. Can we start giving? That is a sign of maturity. I'm not stopping you. If you want to go and visit people and pray, I'm not saying that you should not pray. I'm encouraging you to pray. Some pastors may not say that, you know, say that they want to go. And if you can go, it's very well actually, well and good. If you can go and visit houses. But don't talk about me there, okay? <laughs> Encourage them, support them, pray for them. What a wonderful thing that would be. Let's do that. Let's do that. And if somebody is sick, lay hands on pray. In the olden church, who, 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 who were asked to lay hands on pray? What does the scripture say? Let them? If there is anyone sick, call the elders of the church and pray. Right? We know the scripture very well. And who are the elders of the church, by the way? All of us. All of us. There is no greater than lower. All of us, we need to start doing it. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out. Casting out demons is the last thing that anyone can do. But still we need to do if it is required. Still we need to do. And that's what Jesus is asking us to contribute. A couple of scriptures there. God wants us to give. God wants us not to hold. Luke chapter 6 verse 30. Can you read with me? Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. You know how many dollars I have lost, I have lost in my life giving it out to people thinking that they will give but they won't give. They won't give and I won't ask. And I won't ask. I got cheated at many times. Someone took me to ATM and asked me to take 10,000 rupees now because his mother is sick, so sick. I need the money. I took that money and gave it to him. That's it. And I don't even ask. And I'm sure it's the same thing with you. And that's what scripture says. Give to Everyone who asks of you and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. Don't give to such a people who are able to give you back. Give to them those who cannot give you back. And your reward will be in heaven. Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse 11. Can you read with me? For the poor will. Beautiful scripture. Can you read aloud? Who will never cease to be on the land poor? There are poor people everywhere. There are poor people everywhere. God wants us. We see the poor people, those who stand in the street. They may not be really poor. Sometimes when we drive, we say that, you know, they may be more richer than us. They have more money than us. But there are people who are in need. People who are in need. We want to help them. We need to help them. So give, do not hold. Number two, it says how we can contribute. Give honor and respect where it is due. Can you read with me? Be kindly affectionate one another with brotherly love in honoring giving preference to one another 
I can just read the scripture, I'm not explaining. Go down the scripture and try to grow, try to grow. Stand for people. Isaiah was chapter 1 verse 17. Can you read with me? Learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. Try to learn this, try to identify yourself with such people who are in need. Do not neglect them, do not run away from them, thinking that they are coming to you for help and try to stand along with such people, widows, orphans. Try to stand along with them and try to help them. Just lift them up. Always I say that, you know, they don't need your money. They don't need your bank balance. They need you to just lift them up in that situation. And if you just give your hands and lift them up, just bring them up. Somebody is in need of employment and you're able to give a job. Just give them for a few days, few months. They will come up in their lives. Last three months, by the grace of God, I took three individuals as a challenge. Help them to rework their resume. And all three of them got interviewed. And two of them got jobs. They've been waiting, waiting, waiting. And not to not to think and not to know how to do, how to move forward. There is a lot of help around. God wants us to stand with people, identify them, and help them. Extend love, Luke chapter 6, 27, 28. But I say to you, carry with me. To who here? Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who spitefully use you. Never retaliate. Never retaliate. Never retaliate in the name of God. God doesn't allow you to retaliate and destroy people. No, that's not God. That cannot be God. That cannot be done in the name of the Lord. It happened in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, Jesus, what he says, love your enemies. That simply means that you need to know how to bow your head and you need to know you are not coward, you are not afraid. It doesn't mean that you know you, you are totally frustrated or you are totally afraid of the situation. No. You obey the word of God. What Jesus did at the cross, he was carrying the cruel cross on him. He did not retaliate. He went as like a sheep that is you know, handled by a slaughterer. Comfort and edify, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. Therefore, comfort each other by and edify one another just as you also are doing. Comfort people. You know, when there is a burning fire, you want to pour water or oil? Oil? Some of us are very good in pouring oil into that situation. You know, it's already burning, and you come and say that, some, come on, sister. Whatever you are going through in your life, it's all because of your sin. You did not obey the word of God. It may be true, but there's another way to tell that. You don't need to really pour oil into that situation. You can quench the fire, comfort people, edify people. Number three, plants, when they reach their maturity, they produce what? Offspring. They produce offspring. One of the most important responsibilities of a plant at the time of harvest is to produce of its own kind. If apple tree would have stopped producing apples and apple trees, apple would have got totally extinguished from the face of the earth. You know, God wants you and me to produce righteous generation. I'm not only talking about you know, having own children, I'm talking about producing anger generation. I think I want to talk a little bit about anger generation here. So right from pollination, 
Disposal of the seeds, or bulbs, or cuttings, or tubes, or spores, or times, or runners, or suckers. You know, whatever way the plant wants to produce its offspring, the plant produces of its own kind. And God expects in us to produce next generation they are godly you know this is what John Maxwell he recently answered when a question was asked about next generation this is what he said if you can read with me it's a smaller font can you read with me this is what he said exactly I want to live well I want to die well and I want to provide the next generation better opportunity than I have for myself a lot of old people think that they are the last great generation. But I believe, this is what he says, that the next generation has greater potential than I do. One of the ways I can assure that they can stand on my shoulder and to do better is by giving them my best today. Giving them a foundation that is said for them to stand on and build on. So, when you think of next generation, ask this question to yourself. And I'm building a legacy that will last a while and add value to people or I am just basically live for myself. You know, God wants us to live a life, build a platform on which our children can stand today. That's the best thing that you can do. Some of us feel that at times we are done with. That's okay. That's okay. The way it is good. The world generation is gone. Think of a situation, the whole generation is still coming, still hanging around, how much trouble they will create. Thank God, they are gone. They are gone at the right time. If people don't go in the right time, it's a great trouble, right? It's a great trouble. Think about the next generation. There are a couple of things that we can do. Number one, we can teach and discipline them. Scripture, let's go back to Scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7. Can you read with me? Hear, O Israel, God the Lord is telling to the people of Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Verse 5, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Verse 6, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart first. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Kids coming and telling the scripture here today. How many parents take time to teach that scripture and to narrate the scripture? Help them understand what the scripture says. Or they just come here and memorize and say it's good. But I, I'm not fully uh, with memorizing scriptures without knowing what it is. And parents, you have a responsibility there. Teaching to the next generation and disciplining them so that they may grow up, they may continue to take the torch and run into the darkness of this age and the coming ages. Modeling godly behavior, Proverbs 22, 6, can you read? Train up your child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Do not leave your child in its own way. Because the Bible says, there is foolishness in the heart of a child. Do you know the scripture? There is foolishness in the heart of a child. And what you want it to remove? What will remove it? The rod of punishment. Keep a rod of punishment in your house. Everyone should have a rod of punishment. Don't use it. Just keep it there. Right? And anything happens, anything which goes out of control, point your fingers to that place where the rod is kept. Things will come under control. Do it now. When your, when your child is six months old, baby, she needs that rod to be kept over there. Do it. 
Train up your child in the way it should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. There is no point in crying after that. There is no point in worrying about it after that. It will not happen. When it has to happen, it has to happen. Pray and dedicate your child. Hannah did that. Beautifully. Amazingly. You can, you, do you know that you can dedicate your child even before you are conceived? You know that? Do it. Samuel said this, sorry. Hannah said this. For this child, what? I prayed and the Lord has granted me my petition. I want you to believe the scripture and I want you to proclaim the scripture saying that for this child, even though you don't see the child in front of you, I want you to say that for this child I prayed. And the Lord it is your child, your baby, you are holding in your hands by faith. And the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there in Shiloh. Give your child to the Lord. It may be against the policy of the land. Because child has its own future. Yes, you know, his own future, her own future to decide and where she wants to be, what she wants to be. But I remember the day when my mom said, my son will do the work of God. I remember the day and that came true. Declare it, say it out loud. It will happen. It will happen. Don't expect immediately. Then say that, no, I don't have any calling. I don't have anything to do with church. I will come and attend church and I will go. That's what they will say, but the time will come. If you dedicate your child, you will have a child and your child will do the work of God. Amen? Loving and nurturing relationship. This is how your family should be in order for your children to raise in the proper godly way. Two more minutes. Can you read with me? Wise, submit to your own husbands. Your children, they have to see this happening with their eyes. That's the whole idea. The next generation should see this happening when you sit across the table. Why submit your own husband? If husband is saying something, why do you need to know how to control your voice? Two weeks down the line, we are going to preach the same thing. 19, verse 19, husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Very important, do not be bitter toward them. You won't get their love, you don't get their affection, you don't feel like living together as a family because husbands you don't love your wife. Verse 20, children, then what will happen? Children will obey your parents because they don't have any other way to go. They have seen mom obeying, listening, which they see dad loving mom like anything. And they don't have anything else to do other than just surrendering themselves. Children, obey your parents today. Your child is not obeying you. Your child is retaliating you, not cooperating with you. The reason is you, won't, you both don't do what the scripture says. Children, obey your parents in all things. For this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, child, lest they become discouraged. You see some of the fathers. Nagging behind them, every, everything. And when Dan grew up to a certain age, we just left him there. He will do, he knows what to do. Anytime you need help, just come to me. Otherwise, you know, you have freedom to do what you do because I trust him. Can you develop that kind of relationship, that kind of assurance with your child? Do not nag, do not follow up like anything. Just leave them, just trust them and leave them. And they will see, you know, they will, they will, they will demonstrate and they, they will show themselves faithful to you. Finally, fostering the heart of service. 
Scripture is well-known scripture, but I want to say something to you here. Take your children to these places. Take the next generation to these places and they will learn. We are talking about producing offspring. How can we bless our next generation? Then he also will also say to Jesus, it talks about the final judgment day, and Jesus is seated and he has the right side, he has the sheep and left side, he has the goats. And he is looking at the goats and he is saying that then he will also say to those who are left, who are the left hand, depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Why? Number one, for I was what? Hungry. I would suggest put your children for one day, one 24 hours hungry. Don't feed them. They will realize what is hunger. And show them pictures and movies and children who are dying in hunger. What you feel in your tummy right now is what is felt by them. Show them this. Otherwise they don't know. And continue to read. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. They can survive with water for six days I think. I'm not sure. Try 24 hours, 12 hours at least. Don't give water to your children. And tell them this is how people don't have sanitized water. They don't have, they have ugly water. They can't drink that water. People who are kids like you, they don't have water to drink. How do you feel now in your tummy? How do you feel now? That's how people feel around you. They feel. Show them this. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. Verse 43. I was a stranger. Demonstrate them how we can take a stranger inside your house and treat them. Demonstrate them. You did not take me in naked. Show them people who are not having enough clothes to cover their body to the minimum. Show them those things. And sick. Take them to hospitals when you take, go along with them, show sick people. Take them to ER and show how people are struggling there and take them to prison if there is an opportunity. If somebody is doing a prison ministry, take your children, they are the one to go. Take your children to seniors home, that's the best, best place your children, children could be. Take them to senior home and then show them this is how life is. This is how life is. You know, they will come to grips very soon. They will come to reality of life very soon. And they will appreciate what you do. They will appreciate what the church does. does. Shall we all arise this morning as we summarize? Harvest is obtaining a stage of maturity. When plants make contribution and plants work towards producing offspring, God wants you to do something. Thank you.